Alongside the great Carmen Tagano, I'm Brent Hubs of VolQuest.com. Another edition of Inside or Beyond the T, I should say. And Carmen, I'm in Neyland Stadium right now in the house that the general built. And one of the guys who helped build this house joins us today, Carmen. One of your dear friends, one of my dear friends, and one of the voices of college sports and college athletics, the great Charles Davis joining us on uh, Beyond the T today. Charles, how you doing, my man? I'm doing well, Brent, Dr. Tagano. So great to see you. So great to see you both. And God, there you are at Neyland Stadium. And you're right, it's the house the general built. And then the rest of us got to inhabit it for a short time. So that's pretty cool, you know, to be able to do that. So I'm loving that part. And and Brent, I don't know if you know this, but when Dr. Tagano made the decision and, and decided to become a Vol, he saved, he saved a lot of things. People may not understand just how important the addition of Dr. Tagano was because, you know, we can talk recruiting. We can talk key players getting healthy for a season. We can talk all of that. But when you get the guy who's in charge of academics, it gets things right, and everyone can get on the field. We can get on the grass and play. There's no Sugar Bowl. There's no SEC championship without Dr. Tagano joining and becoming a ball. And, and I'd say that with zero tongue-in-cheek. I mean, without him, it does not happen. So we are very, very fortunate. Uh I, I appreciate that, Charles. I uh, There was a time there, though, from the first time I met Charles Davis, I loved him. You know, he's from the north, and, you know, he's just Charles Davis, you know. And uh, But, Brent, it all, it all wasn't that perfect between us. There was a professor on campus who was on the athletic board. Her name was Cynthia Fleming, and she was Georgetown Ph.D., and she was on the athletic board, Brent. And one day she looked over at him and she said, Dr. Tagano, you keep talking about these great student athletes, but, you know, I've never seen one. So I went to Charles. I said, Charles, you're in grad school. There's this great graduate class you can take. She's wonderful. She's a great person. Brent, I'd see him in the hallways. And she, he wouldn't talk to me. He'd walk past me. He wouldn't say a word to me. Finally, I said, what's up, Charles? He looked at me and said, I'm a guinea pig. She's the hardest professor on campus. I said, Brent, I'm just going to tell you straight up. Everything he's saying is is it has its roots in truth, okay? Because he's exactly right about that. But what he didn't say was he didn't come to me about taking the class. He told me I was in the class. I was already <laughs> okay. I was in it. I was taking it. Here's the time for schedule. Here's the location. The now here's the post. Dr. Fleming was an incredibly tough professor. She was wonderful. She was everything that you're looking for. Higher education. Listen, when I'm 50, and I'm 57 now. So when I look back from 57 back at my 20-year-old self and say, okay, what do I really want out of a professor? Well, my 20-year-old self is saying easy tests, no attendance, right? Any of that yeah. stuff. My 57-year-old self is saying, I want Dr. Cynthia Fleming. Yeah. She made you yeah. get it done. And if you didn't get it done, it didn't go down. I'm gonna give you two quick ones on it. All right. And 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 this this just tells you who she is. Number one, because I realized very quickly, Dr. Gano had told me, Hey, you better be on your P's and Q's now. <laughs> I didn't miss class. I showed up, mm -hmm. I did the best I could. I was sitting in Gibbs Hall, the immortal Gibbs Hall one day. And of course, I was doing what all of us, us students do. I was sitting there watching game shows. I think Pressure Luck was on. No and whammies, baby. Big bucks, no whammies, <laughs> right? And I look over, and someone who actually was in the class, another athlete, because I paved the way, 
had come through the door and said, hey, where have you you been? And I was like, right here. Why? And he's like, what have you been doing? I said, watching this game show, and it's really good. And he's like, you dummy, you missed the final. I said, no, I did not. The final's tomorrow. He said, no, the final, we just finished the final. Somehow I had screwed up the date on the final. Okay, Dr. Fleming's class. I got to her office in less time then it took Anthony Miller back in the day, Willie Gall. <laughs> I mean, I beat their time and did not pull a hamstring, okay? Whoever the fastest volley, Bayless Jones, I mean, you name it, I destroyed them getting to that, to getting to her office. And I read, and she's like, where have you, what, what, what was that? I said, I, 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 and I told her, I said, I, I, I can't make an excuse, Dr. Fleming. I would just tell you straight up, I thought the final was tomorrow. I said, if you want me to take this exam right now, I'll take it, blah, 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 blah. And she said, and here's the lesson for everyone. If you do everything kind of the right way along the way, if you meet your professors halfway, if you're in class as you're supposed to be, if you give effort and try and get the work done, this is where it helps you. Because she just looked at me and went, tomorrow, such and such a time be ready for the exam and she obviously she gave me a different exam than she gave everyone else but let's say i didn't go to class let's say my attendance was spotty let's say i was you know carrying a d in the class or an f you really think she's gonna give me a makeup you really think she's gonna work with me on that that tells you about who she was as a professor understanding hey sometimes people screw up she saved me on that one all right second part of that guess who was part of my what do you call it, Dr. Tagana, when you take your orals for your master's degree, your counsel, your... Oh, yeah, yeah your, your oral finals. Your yeah. oral finals, and you have to have the professors, and they're the group that, you know, it's almost like the, the, the ancient Romans thumbs, <laughs> thumbs, thumbs, thumbs down. <laughs> you're you know, the you're in the Coliseum. <laughs> she she was part of that group. She agreed to be part of that group. Her yeah. and, you know, I, I mean, it was just, it was just uh, Dr. William Bruce Wheeler, who was my advisor. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it was amazing the people that I had during that time. But there's your academic story for the day. Right, there it Dr. is. But, but Brent, don't <laughs> ever, ever, ever fall for the Charles. We would really like you to. I was, I was, already, I was already enrolled. Done. Yeah, the, fix, the fix was in. Okay? The Carmen Tagano fix was in because fix you needed to be in. the example. Yeah. But, 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 but I'm just telling you, you heard me. What a great fix. <laughs> yeah. She, she ended up being a very influential person in my life. Well, and I, and I want to, I want to transition out of that, Charles, because it's a great story, but you, you deserve the credit because you were in class. You were where you were supposed to be. You were doing what you were supposed to. You were creating the relationship with that. And that's something that you learned as a student athlete at Tennessee with the help of people like Harmon Tigano but also with the help of your head coach, John T. Majors. Because if you don't have those kinds of influences and you're not held to those standards in your football building, those standards don't carry over to the academic world, right, Charles? You're exactly right about that. Or real life. Yeah, it it does. And it goes back even further because I had my mom and dad, all right? My dad was a high school teacher and coach. He coached college basketball, Division III, junior college level as well. He had a master's degree from school. My mom only had a high school degree, but she was from a family of 11 in Elizabethan, Tennessee. So going to college wasn't exactly in the cards then. Okay, if you think about her time frame, 
segregation, all the things going on then. I think there was out of her 11, one went to college and graduated. Okay, so this just wasn't part of the whole package. But for her, that was more important now that I do well academically. I was going to be someone who goes and gets it done. So I get to school. And obviously the people you talk about now, there's the influence. Now, Dr. Deano didn't, did, I didn't get to meet him until later in my career, right? Alan Beals was there and he was a very good influence on me academically. David Bowles was there. And then Dr. Tagano came in. So I was fortunate with all of them. They had an interest in me being a good student and doing the right things. Coach Majors had a big interest in that. When he came into your living room and told your parents, you're going to get a degree and you're going to do things right academically. He wasn't just blowing smoke. Okay. Sometimes you get that with a coach who comes in, tells you all the right thing, and it kind of goes down the road. But also he had his own interests as well. And it, it was it was funny because I got enrolled in the Shakespeare course. Okay. I was a sophomore and it's a senior level course. And I actually had to, you know, remember Dr. Gay had to sign in, you had to be accepted by yeah. the professor. Okay? Yeah. Yep. I think that you helped grease the skids on that one too, where you, I think you told the professor he'll be okay, even though he's he's a kid. So I go rolling into this class. I'm sitting up front. I never wore Vols gear. Always, you know, and this is where I got lucky because even though I I, I was athletic, I wasn't a lineman, the poor lineman. Okay. When they walked into the room, didn't matter if they're wearing sweats or whether they're wearing three piece too, you knew that was a ball player. I could kind of coast through there a little bit. Like I could just be a student and I made sure I didn't wear anything. I didn't want my teacher to have any preconceived. So I'm doing well academically in this class, right? I'm doing so well that the teacher, the professor grabs me at the end of the semester, near the end of the semester and says, Charles, every year I take a group of students over to Stratford on Avon and we study the Bard and we do this and we do that. Would you like to go on this trip? And he gave me the dates. As soon as I heard the dates, I went, oh no, that's spring practice. But Coach Majors, I was like, ah, Coach Majors, he <laughs> loves this stuff. Ah. So yeah. I make a, He's a historian. I make an appointment. I go see him. Okay. Got an appointment. Uh, Jenny Ann, the secretary. Oh, Charles, go. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. But he'll see you at this time. But I, so I go rolling in at the appointed time. And he's sitting there doing his thing and what have you. And you remember he had those, those, those glasses. Those Half glasses. And they tipped down the end of his nose when he was doing this stuff. And, and so, what can I do for you, young man? And that's, I, I spelled it out to him. I said, Coach, you know, and I really, Dr. Gann, I laid it on too. I said, Ah, Coach, you know how much you love academics. And, you know, when we talk, we talk history and this, that. I said, I've got an incredible opportunity to go study the Bard, Stratford on Avon. Because, oh, that's fantastic. And I gave the backstory and I said, You know, without you, Coach, none of this happens because of your encouragement of academics. I'm telling you, man, I am just, I'm pouring it on like you wouldn't believe, right? <laughs> go, well, well, when is this great opportunity, young man? And I said, well, coach, here's the here's the rub. I said, it is in this time frame, and there would be that blah blah blah. But I could be here. I'm going then, and I'd come back here, so I would miss like three practices, four practices, or what have you, spring practice. But I just kind of figured, you know, opportunity like this doesn't come along every day. And he, this is when he went full John T. Majors, right? Now the glasses are down. I've got his full attention. And he leans back in his chair. And he goes, young man, you're correct. It's a wonderful opportunity. I'd like to go on that trip myself. 
at those dates. <laughs> Young man, let me ask you one question. What brought you to the University of Tennessee <laughs> that gave you the opportunity to consider those dates? <laughs> I said, well, Coach, uh, fortunately, uh, you know, I was recruited by football, what have you. And he said, precisely. I will see you in spring. <laughs> and that was the end of the year. So, Coach was for all about academics, but we better find a way to beat Alabama, okay? Right, you better be ready to beat Bama in the whole deal. And, not even, and remember, it wasn't the whole spring practice. It was a few practices. So, yeah. man, was like, yeah, what brought you here? What brought you here? Why are you here? How do you get three squares in a cot? Yeah, okay, I'll see you at practice. John Terrell Majors. You know something? <laughs> Charles, um, Bruce Wilkerson reminded me of this. I'm sure Brent's going to talk about it. I talked to Bruce a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, he, he's having total knee. And um, he put we a little wear and tear on it as an NFL player now. Yeah, he did. He's a wonderful soul. I, I oh, love Bruce. And great. Anyway, he reminded me that when you came as a freshman, there were 15 or 12 quarterbacks. Is that true? Well, the number grows every year, Doctor Gano. Oh, does it? It's kind of like, kind of like the, the fish that Brent caught, you know, ten years ago. That <laughs> yeah. was here, and now it's yeah. But we did have, and I'm going to try not to exaggerate. I think there were eight or nine by the time it was said and done. All right, yeah. and very quickly, Tommy Sims, my class, my recruiting class, Tommy Sims, Terry Brown. Um, Tyrone Robinson, Joey Klinkscales, um, God, who was the young man out of uh, out of junior college? Sam Maiello, Tim. Oh wow, Tony Robinson. So there's seven yeah. right there. Okay. Yeah. Then you throw in a few of the holdovers from the year before. So the first time we had a quarterbacks meeting, when the veterans came back, they didn't have enough chairs in the room. They had to go get more chairs. <laughs> but but I can tell you this. Before the week was over, they didn't need all those chairs. <laughs> Terry, Tommy, myself, we go to defensive back. Clink becomes a wide receiver. My roommate Tyrone Robinson becomes an outside linebacker. Linebacker, yeah. Yeah, first time he walked in the room, we were kid, we were roommates. He's from Bridgeport, Alabama, from New Paltz, New York. He heard me talk with my New York accent. I heard him talk with his Bridgeport, Alabama accent, which is really Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we both had the same thought. This is not going to work. Wait. <laughs> No way. We ended up being roommates all five years, counting our redshirt year. We never split apart. One of the, one of the most yeah. wonderful people I've ever met. Terrific. He's phenomenal. He in that room and told me he was a quarterback at his size. I immediately dialed home and said, I think I made a mistake. I will not last here. We have quarterbacks who are the size of linemen. This will not work. He went to outside linebacker. But yeah, yeah. It, it is true. There were a million quarterbacks. And I got moved Oh God, it was classic. Tony Rock, I, I we were throwing. It was all for, remember when it was only freshmen. Remember when the freshmen came in, you guys? Yeah. yeah. The first three days it's the freshmen before the varsity gets there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're going through our paces. And I made the throw of my life. I mean, every effort, everything came together. I kid you not, this was the throw. It was a, it was a, a comeback, 18 to 15. I threw it from one hash to the other and I stuck it. Bam. I was like, yeah. oh. Yes, yes sir. sir. Yes, sir. The very next person throws the ball, and I could I can still hear it. 
when a per, when a quarterback's a great thrower, you can hear yeah. him and you can do it. Yeah. I, bam! It's Tony Robinson. <laughs> I went, uh oh. Yeah. Houston, yeah. we got a problem. So here's the beauty of it. That was a morning session. Before I take my shower, Coach George Katavolis, who was our defensive backs coach at the time, and I love this man to this day. He comes up and taps me on the shoulder. He goes, Hey, um, after you change and 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 have lunch before you take your nap before, because this is a two-a-day. So for all of you kids out there who don't know what a two-a-day is, we yeah. practice twice a day back then. Okay. <laughs> in full pads both times. So this, this is a whole what? You did what? When was that? 18 what? You know, it was 1982. So he goes, before you go take your afternoon nap, come by my office and see me. So I, I do all that, go get my ankles taped, get my lunch, blah, blah, blah. Go up and see him. Yes, can tell Coach Katopoulos. He goes, look, I think you can be a good defensive back for us and maybe even play like sooner rather than later as opposed to being a quarterback. I said, well, Coach, you know, it's only like the second day. I'd really like to give this more of an opportunity. He goes, yeah, no problem. He said, you think it over. You work at it. I get it. Come back and see me when you're ready, okay? Now, remember, this is before the afternoon practice. I go to my room, pass out. <laughs> come down for the afternoon practice, go to my locker. And did you ever see Beverly Hills Cop? Yeah. Remember, remember Paul Reiser's character? He was, you know, the yeah. boy Eddie Murphy. And yeah. he was trying to eavesdrop when, when, when the lieutenant was chewing out Eddie Murphy one time. And he goes, Jeffrey, this doesn't concern you. And he goes, this is not my locker. And he starts walking away. Yeah. I went to my locker and I went, this is not my locker. You know what? The influence Coach Majors has had on my life cannot be overstated. It's that simple, okay? Remember yeah. the Green Bay Packers dynasty in the 60s with Vince Lombardi? Yeah, uh, Packer sweep, all that, yeah. whole thing. And, and, and Gary Kramer wrote those great books, Instant Replay, yeah. and then he wrote a book called Distant Replay for like 20 yeah. years after, right? Mm -hmm. And he talked about that team and how they came together and what the, what Vince Lombardi meant to them and the whole thing. And there was one particular thing where he talked with an ex-teammate, and I can't remember exactly who it was. And and the teammate said to him, might have even been in distant replay, the teammate said to him, Jerry, I lost my father a number of years ago, and I love that man dearly. But there's days that go by that my dad doesn't reach my thoughts. Like, I'm not thinking about him. There's yeah. not a single day that goes by that I don't think of Coach Lombardi. Now, if that doesn't speak volumes, I don't know what does, okay? Yeah. I will tell you, I have thought about that since we lost Coach. And boy, is that true. Now, I still have my father. And I'm quite <laughs> sure that if I'm fortunate enough to be around, when I say fortunate, meaning if I continue to live past my father's time on this earth, I will think about my dad every day. It's not one of those situations. I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. But that doesn't yeah. to think about Coach Majors every day because I do already. Am already there, and it's going to happen. There's wow. always something that pops up. There's something in my life. There's some memory, and it's not always a story. It's not always an incident. It's not always a thing. It's, it's just, just a visual. Yes, it's a visual. It's a way of life. It's how you. Yeah. Work. There's things where I do things, and then I realize oh, I know where that came from because yeah. it's just in you. Okay. It, it just happens. Do we all get together when we're all together as balls and we say swap stories and, you know, as we always say, like say swap a few lies and embellish what coach did. And of course we do. But as my father has taught me, that is the love, right? That is the respect. 
That is the honor. And my dad told me when coach passed, he said, you already knew it, but you're going to know it more going forward. The true honor that you had in playing for that man. He said, you already know, but you're really going to find out now. Yeah. That influence in your life is going to be evident in ways you don't, you can't even talk about now. And he's exactly right. It all comes together. Look, the man's memory, as we all know, like when coach would tell a story, sometimes that plane would take off and maybe what they signaled in there <laughs> may not have been exactly where the plane went. But by the time yeah. he got done, he would land that plane. Yeah. He'd go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It, it's, it's crazy the stuff that he would remember and what have you. Or, oh, amazing. Or as amazing. a ball and as one of his kids, if yeah. you called him, I'll give you a quick one. We were supposed to get together one time in Knoxville. I was in there visiting. Hit him in advance, the whole thing, because you better hit Coach Majors in advance. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to hear about it later, right? So I hit him in advance that Coach is going to be here on these days, blah, 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 blah. I called him when I got to Knoxville to confirm. He takes the call, and I'm hearing all this noise in the background. And Coach Mayer says, hello, young man. Yes, sir. Uh, that, that, that. And I'm hearing, nah, 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 nah. And finally, I said, Coach, where are you? He goes, Charles, I'm in the dentist chair. <laughs> remember David Rutter, one of our fine quarterbacks when we first got to Knoxville? David, David, is, David, is, David is my dentist, and he's getting ready to do work here. So what time are we getting together? And I hear David in the, he goes, he goes, Charles, you remember David? And I said, Hey, David. He goes, Hey, Charles. That, remember, remember that weary voice people could have when they're trying to get coach corralled? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, get yeah. It. And you hear, you hear David go, Hey, Charles, um, I'm trying to get coach's examination done. I said, David, I didn't know. I'm really sorry. He goes, you couldn't have known. And then you hear him, Coach, we've got to get this done. I have other patients today. <laughs> and Coach is like, you hold on just a minute, young man. I'm talking to you. <laughs> and he proceeds to have a conversation with me. I'm quite sure David went and took care of another another patient. And then came back. And, and we set our time. In the whole, he's in the dentist chair. The man is trying to get work done. But David was one of his. I was one of his. And darn it, yeah. David, you understand. This is a team. This is this is a ball calling. I'm taking this call. I don't care if you're doing work now, right now. Yeah. Right? I mean... I I can see him doing that. You know, you know, you can see him doing that because you've seen him yeah. do that. Okay. Oh, oh. I mean, I you came know. and visited one time, and I was at over uh, the the Vols Films with Barry Rice and Link Hudson and crew. And my son Parker came in to do an eight week internship with Link and Barry. Yeah. Yeah. I had just had vocal cord surgery, and I was still on total vocal rest. I couldn't speak for X number of days. But Parker became my thing. Coach was there, all right? And that was when they were gathering all of his stuff and he had his tearaway jersey that he was so proud of. Yeah, yeah. You know, and with everything came a story. And once I was writing notes to people and once Barry or Link came over and really impressed upon Coach, he can't talk. He posted yeah. up my son. <laughs> Parker, I told my son all these stories about Coach. Right? <laughs> And this is his first true interaction with John Major. Up Parker yeah. the next forty-five minutes, and we went back to Lynchburg yeah. and came back. For 
and they landed the plane and it was classic. Barry told me that he was gathering this stuff. Coach had gone to get stuff and Barry was in New York City. God, Barry, I love you. I'm going to tell this story. He's yeah. in New York City with his family and they're at a Broadway play. And Barry has his phone on silent and the phone keeps ringing and his coach major's calling. Well, you can't plot your phone in a Broadway play and take the call. No. So no. Barry lets it go. Let's see. He said, I, I kid you. I, I'll bet you Barry would tell you he called five times. Yeah. <laughs> well, he gets done. He gets out of the play. Now, I don't care when you played for him, when you worked for him, whatever. You were always his guy, always yeah. his player, always someone who worked for him. You can be 57, and if coach walks in the room, yes, sir, Coach Majors. Yeah. How are you, Coach Majors? That's how Put it is. Put your feet on the ground. Yep. Yeah. Immediately. Oh, I'm wearing a hat. I'm sorry, coach. Okay. All of that, right? Barry tells his family he's got to call coach back. Like, hey, give me a minute here. He calls coach back after the play, and coach chews him out. <laughs> Barry says, Coach, I'm in a Broadway play. And you figure coach maybe would appreciate that and understand it because yeah, he, he is, right? He loved art. Loved yeah. it. Loved that yeah. stuff, right? Coach Majors hits him with the classic, once you're the head coach, you're always the head coach. And once you work for the head coach, you always yeah. work for the head coach. Work for the head coach. Know what he says? Harry Rice, when I call you, you are supposed to answer the phone. And that's it. <laughs> no excuses. No always the head coach? I don't care where you are. He's still yeah. the head coach. And yeah. I promise you, if we were lucky enough for him to walk into this shot right now, my whole posture would change. My demeanor would change. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you doesn't matter what age you are. And I'm like that with all my coaches. I'm very close with coach Doug Matthews. Yeah. Okay? I call him coach. Yeah. I can't call him anything else. And I refuse to no. call him anything else because I yeah. want these people to always understand my respect for them, my love for them and I don't say that lightly no is immense and they have had that influence on me and whatever little bit of success I may have in this world they are big contributors towards it and none bigger than John Terrell Major can I add two things Brent real quick sure one thing one thing is um I was out four or five years ago, Bruce Wilkerson, Phil Stewart, Terrence Cleveland, Jeff Francis. There was about six or seven. Kelly Ziegler might have been there. It was a Friday before a game. I was lucky enough to be there. I forget where we were. And they started telling major stories. Okay. <laughs> there were two guys there who didn't play. Kelly might have brought him. Jeff might have brought him. I don't know who brought him. But there were two guys there. And I'm sitting back watching, listening to all this, enjoying it. Well, one of those guys said something untoward about Coach Majors. Kind of made fun. Because those guys were making fun, you know, telling jokes. Right. This guy said something. Oh, boy. You could hear a pin drop, Charles, a pin drop. And and Jeff uh, uh, Jeff Francis looked at him and said, you can't say that. Only we can. Exactly. It's and, family, right? It's just like yeah, it's family. family, okay? Yeah. You can throw down with your brothers and sisters, with your crew, but someone else says any. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. no you you no. can't get in that. It's like a wife and a daughter are throwing down and having a fight. Yeah. Any father, if they don't understand, they learn quickly. You can't solve it. 
But fathers no. walk in and say, hey, what, what are we doing here? You know what happens? They go from each other's throats to banding together like the tag team champions of the world. All of a sudden, they're the road warriors. Yeah. And they come at you. Whoa, whoa, what just happened here? That person who said that all of a sudden had yeah. all these balls banded oh. together. Today. You're not involved. And, and, you know, and Charles. You can't talk about our head coach. Only we can we talk can. about our head coach. And, and, and Charles, Bruce Wilkerson was sitting next to the guy. And the guy just kind of sat back and became very humble. And you know what Bruce said? Bruce realized what happened. Bruce said, yeah, and you're buying the next round, too. <laughs> no doubt. Hey, hey you, got, you got to make amends somehow. Yeah, and yeah you got to make amends. <laughs> Charles, I mean, we live in a world where loyalty is hard to find. Um, everybody's looking for the next great. The, the pastures are always greener. Why was the loyalty – because it wasn't always perfect with Coach Majors. I mean, it was hard. You didn't always win. But why was the loyalty a two-way street the way it was? Because if you were one of Coach Majors' guys, he was loyal to you to the death. He was yeah. going to be loyal to you. Yeah. Vice versa, you're going to be loyal to him, just like Carmen was talking about in that story. How did he make that happen? How did that work, Charles? Because it's hard to find. It is hard to find, and I hope I can explain it well. He put he put you through the fire, okay? Your loyalty is always on test. And I don't mean in the right ways. I don't mean it just right. I don't mean it that way. It means doing things the way you're asked to do them, being on time for things you're supposed to, giving max effort when it's time to do that, taking care of your teammates the way you're supposed to, taking care of yourself, going to class, you know, all those things come here so that you don't create issues that may keep us from the mission, which is trying to win football games on Saturdays, all right, for doing all those things. He's going to tell you what he wants. Are you going to meet that and do it? And if you do, you have a chance. And a couple of things come to mind. He had a great expression that I'm sure you've both heard and and, and repeated ad nauseum. He used to tell us all the time. And, and, And I think it's really important in this day and age when the NIL, when the transfer portal is huge, the whole deal, look, as you said, Brent, it's not perfect. I wanted to transfer as a freshman because I didn't think I'd ever play at Tennessee. I didn't know I would make it, okay? But if you told him the truth, you were going to be okay. I actually contacted some schools as a freshman because I was redshirting. Hey, would you still be interested in me? Well, they sent notice to Coach Mayer, so there was no tampering, right? And mm-hmm. he called for a meeting, and the first thing he said was, Charles, I've got these letters here from these schools saying you're interested in transferring. Here's the key, here's the key phrase. You you didn't contact them, did you? Now, he knows darn well I contacted him. He's got the letters. Yeah. He wants to see what I'm going to say. If I told him, no, coach, I didn't contact him, he knew, he had no, he knew I was done. Yeah. He wanted to know if I was going to do it the right way. And I said, yeah. yes, coach, I, I did contact them. And it changed the whole tenor of the meeting. Now he wants yeah. to know how we can make things better, how you're going to get along, so on and so forth. All right, so you have all of that. He puts you through those things and those tests. Sun Bowl, I get beat for a touchdown. Change the course of the game. Terrell Edmonds, uh, Farrell Edmonds beats me for a touchdown. We end up losing 28-27. I'm totally in the tank. The worst chewing I ever got in my life. The things coach said to me at a certain point, it sounded like Charlie Brown's teacher. It was just white noise, but a bop, wah, 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 expletive, wah, wah, expletive, wah, wah, wah. The worst day of my life. I think I'm never going to play at Tennessee again. It's right before Christmas. I go home Christmas morning. I'm like this at home. I think I'm done. I come back. 
meeting. Charles, you have to do this, 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 and this. If you do, you have a chance. Boom. I go back, get those things done. I still continue my career. He gave me that opportunity. And last but not least, you know what he used to tell people? And I, this is where the transfer portal thing comes in. I'm going to be like, coach, I want a different vector. I'm going to land the plane. Ready? He's always <laughs> tell us all the time. Times are tough. You may think you should be playing. You're not playing. You're not getting enough time. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. But around this place, those who stay will play. How many yeah. fifth-year seniors did we see blossom at Tennessee that maybe oh, didn't have it prior? Michael Chris White became an All-American. That's, that's true. Tony Thompson, All-American. I mean, all yeah. his SEC tailback who never hit the field prior. Okay? Yeah. They, I mean, we can go on for days with guys who hung in there, and by the time they were fourth-year juniors or maybe seniors, had been sitting behind people, had a chance, and went and played. Bo Schembechler always talked about, you know, those who stay will be champions, blah, blah. That was the same phrase, but coach would tell you, those who stay will play. Meaning, if you put the effort in thing, he'll remember it down the road. If yeah. there's a chance, you will get that opportunity. So, Brent, that loyalty thing, yeah, it worked both ways. And you're exactly right. It wasn't perfect. There's times, there's things he said to me that, you know, when you tell it in a normal conversation, people stare at you like, what? Yeah, yeah. But what they didn't understand was he had the right to say those things to us because on the flip side, when we produced, when we did things the right way, it was recognized. Okay. He didn't, he didn't let it go. He didn't just think it was just an absolute things would happen that way. So that that's a nutshell. I could give you a million different reasons, examples and things why, but as I said before, until they, when they, before they closed that coffin, on me and that box closes i will have probably two different thoughts that run through my mind one was not being prepared to try and make it in the nfl the way i should have been and i re and i work hard now because i missed an opportunity and i'm not saying i would have made it but i didn't give myself my my best chance of making it that was on me yeah and i never want that to happen again the other is going to be i'm gonna think of coach majors i almost guarantee it guaranteed it's just it's just you know part of who i am and how I got to be here today. You, you know, folks today around Nayland Stadium come to our games, 100,000 people. They see the street. They, they, they see the, um, the 45 inside the, um, the, the stadium. But right now, right now, in the last 45 minutes, you summed up John Majors as well as anyone has ever. That, I, I mean it, Charles. I know I don't have to blow any smoke. The things that you've said about John Majors the average guy walking in the stadium who looks up and sees that 45 and he sees you on this, he, he's going to appreciate what that 45 means, not just as a player, but what he meant as a person to all you guys. That that, that was perfect, Charles. Thank and I'm going to tell you one last thing. At some point, if you haven't done it already, when you do the remembrance, Brent, make sure you get Dr. Tagano to tell you about the time that Coach Major's car got towed from Johnny Major's bowl. <laughs> and, and, Dr. and Dr. Tagano got called down to witness and, and be a part of it. And I think the concluding line was, I didn't know a man couldn't park a car on his own street. <laughs> you towed Johnny Major's. He said, don't they, don't, they, don't they look this stuff up? Hey, this is John Major's drive. He said, how does a man... How, by John now, how can a man not park a car on his own street? Now, Brent, you got to understand... <laughs> Absolutely illegally parked. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it had his name and on then, it. 
And then when he came looking for the car, I said, Coach, do you think you might have parked it somewhere and you forgot? And I oh, can't that was, oh, what, what you went there? Me. What? I was right there. Why did you say that? I, oh, I, I wasn't thinking. I said, what were you thinking? Maybe, I said, maybe you parked it somewhere else. Boy. Charles, I, I cannot. He took words and made them adjective, adverbs, and pronouns in the same sentence. He, he, oh, I said, Coach, I, I, I didn't tow your car. You questioned his memory? What were you yeah, thinking? Like, like, did you have did. a moment that you just decided you were going to just go all out? Like, yeah, if the rest, yeah. the rest of us had been there when you lobbed that question, we, we all would have taken 10 steps back, and you were on your own. Bold. Yeah. You were on your own. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Somewhere else. And Dr. Tagano, he, he remembers third and six against Georgia Tech when he was playing <laughs> from the right hash. And we ran split yeah. split counter buck sweep. Yeah. And he hit, you know, such and such in the flat. And you're asking yeah. if he remembers where he parked his car. Yeah. And Charles, that that gap tooth. Oh, like get wider and wider as you walk towards me. Did he did, did he throw that bulldog jaw on you? Oh yeah, yeah that bull, when, when the jaw when that jaw would go. He said it. He set that jaw. And Brent, you've been around long enough. You had that, and you know what else you would get from him? Out on the practice field when he wanted to demonstrate, hat would go. Yeah, yeah. and the whistle behind him, and then he'd want to demonstrate. And I've told before. He got mad at me one time for messing up a play, and finally said, "Get out! Get out! You you don't know what you're doing." And he in, and they ran it a couple of times, and you know the warp speed. Now he's not exactly you know the yeah. high candidate anymore. No, and uh -uh. it's going by, and they did it twice, and he turned around, and you know the head coach always got the last word, right? Right. He couldn't do it to yeah. save his life. You know what he goes? Know what he says, Brett? He turns to me in front of all the DBs and everyone else. He goes, Charles Davis. You bleeped it up so badly, no one could do it and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, I, I can tell you this, Charles Davis, you haven't messed this podcast up at all. You have absolutely <laughs> nailed it no. 100%, and I knew you would. I know how much Coach Majors meant to you. I hope Tennessee fans realize how much you mean to them and what the University of Tennessee means to you. You're an ambassador beyond, beyond, beyond anything imaginable. So uh, on behalf of all the Tennessee fans who have experienced this today, and, and Carmen, uh, to you for the stories as well, thank you guys both for giving insight into one of the truly great, iconic, legendary figures at the University of Tennessee, one John T. Majors. I appreciate you both. Thanks, Charles. Attack, uh, uh, attack, Charles, attack. I love you. Always attack. Brent, always attack. <laughs> Dr. Tiano. I love you, brother. Dr. Gano. Yeah. Look at me. Look at me. Yeah. Let me see the let me see the look in your eye. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> and then you don't think I parked my car here? <laughs> I still can't believe you asked that. I can't not only did you ask it, you live to tell the tale. That's the most amazing thing. Yeah. That that may be the biggest upset in college sports history that you're still around to tell that tale after <laughs> <laughs> park the car. All right, guys. I gotta go see the athletic director. Um, okay. Thank y'all. Appreciate you. <laughs> see you guys. Focus, pay attention to me, young man.